You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured at CanadiansConnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. My name is Amy Johnson, and I am going to be your host for today's show. That would be episode 276 of the Canadians Connection podcast uh, titled Fans Demand Changes, Montreal Canadiens New Year's Resolutions. It's going to be a great show today, uh, and in fact, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, who is the editor-in-chief, founder, and president of Rocket Sports, in addition to being the site editor for both the Hockey News Montreal team site and the Hockey News QMJHL, and that is the one and only Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you doing today? Doing great, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Uh, have merry belated Christmas and early Happy New Year to you. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Uh, We're on the brink of the new year and uh, trade freeze is over. World juniors are on. Canadians are back in action. Last Canadians connection of 2023. Yeah. And and it's been a wonderful, well, we'll talk about that later, but what an amazing 2023 for Rocket Sports and yeah, yeah, all sorts of good things. Lots of fun. Uh, Speaking of fun, we're going to, this is going to be a fun show today because our show revolves around all of you, and uh, we tell you all the time that you know this is an interactive show, and we love to hear from you. And we have heard a lot from you over <laughs> yes, the last, over the past month in particular. And so today, we have compiled a ton of your comments um, coming from from Facebook, from Twitter, from YouTube, uh, some via text, and we've put together. Basically, your list, fans' lists, for what they want the Montreal Canadiens' New Year's resolutions to be. The things that the fans demand. Demand. These things need to change. These things need to be your New Year's resolutions, Montreal. Get uh, busy. And it's, uh, there, well, there's some colorful ones, let me tell you. <laughs> so it's going to be fun. We're going to get to that in segment two. But before we get to that, of course, we're going to run you through everything that's going on uh, this past week in terms of uh, news with the Montreal Canadiens, get into the prospect report, the league news as well. Uh, take a look at what's going on with the prospects at the world junior level, uh, as well as the AHL and the ECHL. And then, yes, in that second segment, 
we're going to hear from you. And and it's I think you're going to be fascinated to hear the things that are at the top of of fans' minds in terms of what they'd like to see the Canadians change uh, post-haste in 2024. Um, and I'll throw this out there now. Our question of the week is going to be, for all the rest of you listening, add yours to that list as well. We want to hear from you as to what your New Year's resolution is for the Montreal Canadiens uh, for, for 2024. Uh, and then, of course, in the third segment, uh, we have lots to catch you up on in terms of the Rocket Sports Media team. Uh, and uh, all the content that we've had available over the Christmas holiday through the past week over a multitude of platforms. We're going to get you caught up on those types of things and get you all set for what's coming up this week uh, because we don't want you to miss any bit of what we've got to offer for you. Uh, So don't forget, like I just said, it is an interactive podcast, and uh, the only way that we can have really fun shows like this that center around our viewers and listeners uh, is when we hear from you. So make sure you drop us a comment, however, whatever platform you're currently listening or watching on, or easiest way to do it is just text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. That's 5853-ROCKET. Again, that's 5853-ROCKET. And of course, be sure you're following this podcast. It is at Habs Connection on Twitter or X, whatever you're calling it these days, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook and Instagram. And of course, always check out our website, CanadiansConnection.fm, uh, where you'll find our full archive. You can go back and listen to any episode that you might have missed. Very fun. So let's get started with uh, just some highlights from this past week. Uh, it was a it was an easy week for the Montreal Canadiens with the Christmas break uh, still well underway. Only one game uh, has taken place since the last time we met here on the podcast, and that was uh, Thursday night's game in Carolina, Montreal visiting the Hurricanes, and uh, well, Caden uh, Primo getting his second consecutive start. Uh, but this one did not end up with a with a W on the night. Uh, Carolina winning this one five to three. Carolina Hurricanes are a very good team with pretty bad goaltending, and um, <laughs> it was Antti Ranta his return to the NHL. Yeah. He had gone through waivers and and uh, sent to the AHL. Uh, he was back in net, and there was a real opportunity for Montreal. Um, the Hurricanes were on the the back half of a back to back. They had played the Nashville Predators the night before in Nashville, so they had to travel. Mm. Uh, and then that uh, that that back-to-back against the Canadians. But it, it was um, Carolina that came out uh, just 95 seconds into the game. Svechnikov scored. Uh, then Jesper Fast went uh, kind of an easy goal, uh, made it 2 nothing, and, and all of social media was panicking. This is going to be a... A blow up, but but credit to the Canadians who clawed their way back in, um, and the momentum turner I think was Jesse Ulinen, who um, his speed and his work on the forecheck set up uh, a goal from Mitchell Stevens, um, and and then with uh, less than four seconds left in the first period, Mike Matheson scored a wraparound, and it was like. Wow, uh, how did the Canadians end up in a tie when, after the first period, when they had been so um, dominated in that first period? Um, as the game went on, uh, it was clear that that Carolina was controlling the play. 
um, and uh, they they came out in the end. Svechnikov uh, um, uh, had two goals, and uh, um, then there was a hit, a late hit, and we're going to talk about that later because it requires uh, a little bit more time. Um, but it, it would, what was clear in this game, and I think what the takeaway from this game is, uh, the Canadians' first line, and the first line remains, Suzuki, Caulfield, and Slavkovsky, they were just crushed throughout. And, and the hit aside, uh, they were just dominated uh, by the first line of, of uh, Carolina. Uh, and that's some that's something, you know, we've, we've talked about. Is, is that first line, is Nick Suzuki the... Um, is he a first-line center of a contending team? And I think the jury's still out on that. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, an example there in the game against Carolina. So what does that do for the Montreal Canadiens record? Well, it puts them at 15, 14, and 5 on the season with 35 points, uh, leaving them at 23rd in the NHL. Uh, and so, Rick, do they do they have it? Where, where are we at on the playoff watcher? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, uh, this is uh, perhaps much better than many fans expected. Remember, they started the the season with one or two percent chance of making the playoffs, um, and uh, projections of a 74, 75 point season. Right now, they're projected to uh, have an eighty two point season with a thirteen point five percent chance of making the playoffs. Of course, that's all done by MoneyPuck.com. All right. Well, uh, as we've said before, we we are the uh, sole providers of content regarding the Montreal Canadiens for the hockey news. Uh, so be sure that you bookmark and visit daily uh, the website at THN.com slash Montreal, uh, where you'll find a weekly Habs notepad article, Habs headlines, feature articles, and of course, our game day posts, uh, both a game day preview and then a game recap after each Habs game. Don't want to miss any of that. Uh, in terms of roster news, just one thing this week, which which was kind of a big deal. Jordan Harris getting activated off of injured reserve, uh, uh, injured reserve that let him come back into the lineup. Um, and uh, in order to make room for him, uh, they did not send another defenseman uh, back down to Laval. Instead, uh, they loaned forward Emil Heineman back to the Laval Rocket. Interesting choice, um, especially given that they're on a road trip. Uh, they do not have an extra forward. Uh, so if something happens, if there's an illness, if uh, somebody's uh, injured in warm-ups, uh, it's going to be seven defensemen uh, in for the Canadians. Um, and and that's, that's, um, you know, that's been the risk of carrying three goaltenders uh, all through the season and makes things a little bit awkward. Um, but... Uh, that was the choice they meant, uh, made, and um, with Jordan Harris coming back, playing the third pairing with Jaden Struble, you have two former uh, Northeastern Huskies back there, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they look pretty good. Um, uh, they were uh, probably uh, the best defensive pairing. Now, they played a little bit more sheltered minutes, but they were the best defensive pairing against the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday night. It'll be fun to see uh, what happens, how, how they continue to progress. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a moment to talk about this week's winners and losers. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers on the Canadians Connection. We are going to take a look to international hockey for our winners and losers this week. And we're actually going to start with our loser. Because he's a giant loser this week. I'm yeah. sorry. 
this is over in the Finnish Liga. Um, and former NHLer Nick Ritchie finds himself in some pretty hot water making headlines that he probably doesn't want to be making. Uh, playing for Olun Karpat uh, this year. Uh, and got an eight-game suspension for just absolutely going completely unhinged on uh, Marcus Nurmi of TPS. I mean, it's one of the most ridiculous things I've seen lately. It it was it was just ugly, and and it's odd to say um, that he should feel Nick Ritchie should feel quite fortunate uh, that he got an eight games suspension. It's not enough. I would have expected more, and. Um, the incident, I, I should say both players were playing in North America last year. Um, Nick Ritchie's uh, a veteran of 480 NHL games, split the season last year between the, the Coyotes and the Calgary Flames. Um, Nermi was um, a prospect of the Ottawa Senators, a sixth-round pick. Uh, he played uh, with the Milwaukee Admirals in the AHL last season. Um, and it looked like an innocent enough play um, going into the corner, Nermi and, and Richie. And Richie just um, grabbed him by the neck and face planted him into the ice and then just unleashed a flurry of um, punches to the head, knocking his helmet off. And um, while he was still holding him down, he, face down on the ice. Yes, while he was. And uh, Nermi, all he could do was um, protect, try to protect his head, but it was. Ugly, 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 and 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 yes, um, I would I would have I would have suspended a much long much longer duration than just eight games. Uh, I'm gonna have a an honor honorable mention loser in this incident as well. Who, which is the ref who stood there three feet away. I understand it is not a ref's job to physically break up altercations. That that's the linesman, but the linesman. Even skating at full force, it took forever for him to get there. Yeah. He must have been far away on the ice. And the the ref was standing three feet away just watching Nermi get his head literally pounded over and over again into the ice. I was like, it, I, I just wish at some point human nature just would take over for refs and officials and just, okay, just step in and, and protect the player. Something I've said before, too, that, that especially now with two referees on the ice, um, I understand that their job is to watch and make sure there aren't any other um, altercations to call additional penalties. But uh, in this instance, there was nobody nearby. No. Um, and yeah, just Richie had to have gotten at least six good hits in before the linesman arrived. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, ugh. The winner, however, is a different official. And this was uh, in the World Junior. Again, uh, international hockey. International hockey, sticking yeah. uh, sticking with Europe. This time we're in Sweden, Gothenburg, uh, the World Juniors. The Finland versus Canada game. Probably the most entertaining uh, goal review call that I've heard in a while after a lengthy review of a Canada goal. Uh, referee Daniel Eriksson of Sweden um, needed to come out and, and announce his decision as to whether or not uh, the review was going to confirm the goal or or recall the goal. And, well, you just have to hear it. Erickson with the call. After reviewing the play, it was determined that the puck completely crossed the goal line. We got a goal. <laughs> oh, he's got some West Macaulay in Yeah, a little flair for the dramatic. It's a celebrating. The 17-year-old has his first World Junior goal. 
<laughs> I could it. listen to that on a loop. Over, yeah, over and over again. As you heard Gordon Miller say um, that that uh, was confirming Macklin Celebrini's uh, first world junior goal. Um, and and yes, it required a, a lengthy review. The, the puck kind of disappeared, but it, it became obvious pretty quickly that it was a goal. But the dramatic emphasis. Um, well, and even Mike Johnson said well, he's got a little Wes McCauley in him, as you yeah. can hear. It was it was it was fantastic. Brilliant. Brilliant by uh, Daniel Erickson. Absolutely. We will take more of that for sure. All right. Switching gears from um, winners and losers. Uh, let's take a look now at the Habs prospect report. It's time for the Rocket Report. The Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com slash Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians prospects. And to kick off this segment, we're actually going to stay with the World Junior Championships uh, from from the previous uh, story we just talked about. Uh, just to give you an update on how the four Montreal Canadiens prospects are performing, we'll start with Team Canada, who are currently 2-0-0-1 on the tournament. Uh, Rick Owen Beck uh, has played in three games um, he's in one of the alternate captains, by the way. Um, and how has he, how has he looked so far? Yeah, no points for, um, Owen Beck. Um, but I think he's still playing a key defensive role. Um, and, um, you know, he had a little bit more offense in the, uh, the pre-tournament games. Uh, we haven't seen that yet. Um, but he, he's a, he's a plus two over the, the course of the tournament, uh, in those three games, uh, he took a nasty hit um, mm-hmm. at the end of the the game against Sweden, but uh, appears to be uh, just fine and ready to go. Uh, switching gears over to Team USA, who are two and one uh, on the tournament. Uh, we'll start on the defense. Lane Hudson, three games played. Uh, he's got two points, two assists so far, and and I think that he's looked pretty pretty solid so far. Um, we've, there's been a lot of criticism online, um, of towards, uh, Lane Hudson, um, and, um, deserved or not. I, I mean, he's made some defensive mistakes, uh, and, uh, he had some of the, um, uh, junior analysts like Chris Peters saying that, that they needed to see more from Lane Hudson, um, and then the game against uh, Czechia happened, and we saw a lot more from, <laughs> from Lane right. Hudson. He was very, very good yeah. uh, in controlling the play. So um, I, I think uh, you know it's taken him a little a game or two to get going, but uh, yeah, settling in. Yeah, he he looks very, very good. In goal, uh, Jacob Fowler has played uh, in two games. He is one and one in those two games, um, and I would say he's he's been. He's been okay. He's been, for me, he's been average. He's got a 288 goals against average over those two games with an 872 save percentage. Um, Ricky hasn't wowed me, but he hasn't been terrible either. I, I think he's just kind of been okay. Uh, he got a, a win in regulation, a win in uh, the shootout. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, his numbers are, are not very flattering. Um, you know, he's made the saves that he's had to. He's not made any big saves ex- except when it got to that shootout. I thought he was spectacular, special in uh, the shootout against um, 
uh, the only the only shot to beat him was just a, a shot stick side uh, by Yuri Kulich, and we know Yuri Kulich has been Very tearing good. up the AHL this season, but um, he was excellent um, throughout uh, the shootout. And I thought, you know, there he has the reputation of being able to ramp up his game and being a big um, a, a big play goaltender and and uh for the big moments and and he showed it there um and so we'll see and and he's gotten two starts um we know trey augustine was likely going to see uh, more action but uh he was ill he was Mm. sick uh so fowler started uh, two consecutive games we'll see how the uh, goalie rotation works out. Two great goaltenders for uh, for the United States. Absolutely. That brings us then, of course, to Slovakia, who are undefeated so far in three games that they've played. Uh, another alternate captain uh, being represented by uh, by a Canadian's prospect in Philip Meshar. It's played in three games. If you're looking for just a prospect to stand out on the stat sheet, Meshar's your guy. Uh, in three games played, he's got six assists and he's a plus five. Uh, he certainly is is doing his part as a playmaker. <laughs> he's um, yeah, he was going to be a part of of that uh, big part of that Slovakia team, and and he's delivered plus five, six points. Um, he's been terrific. Um, Adam Gajan, a goalie I like. Um, he's he's been great for Slovakia. Slovakia unbeaten. Um, and they'll have a, a big game against uh, the United States um, on New Year's Eve day. And um, just a note, uh, based on, on the work that we do, I was asked to contribute to a preview, a pre-tournament uh, article for the Hockey News. Um, my predictions were um, a U.S. gold. It would, um, my prediction was U.S. over Sweden in the gold medal game and Canada over Slovakia in the bronze medal game. Mm. Um, So we'll see how that works out um, at the end of the tournament. All right. Um, Staying overseas uh, in international play, but moving to the Spengler Cup for 2023. Um, The final is going to take place on New Year's Eve, and we actually know already one of the two teams who will take place in the final. That would be Davos winning over Forlunda. But Team Canada now has to play in a semifinal game against uh, Dynamo Partobitsa from Czechia. Um, And I think that could be a very interesting tangle between those two teams. It'd be pretty fun if Canada was able to to advance to the final. We mentioned last week all of the different Montreal Canadiens connections on this Team <laughs> Canada for the Spangler Cup. It's uh, it's filled with um, it's like a with Canadians alumni. Yeah, game. pretty much. Um, which which makes it fun. This is um, a tournament that is. Um, uh, Canadians playing in Europe, and, um, and the the final will be on New Year's Eve. Absolutely. So we'll we'll be rooting for Canada for sure. Um, all right, switching gears now and heading over to North America. Let's take a look at the Laval Rocket for this week. They've had two games. They're actually uh, in the midst of their first three in three of the year, where they play three games on, over three consecutive days. So they played Thursday night in Belleville. Uh, in what was a pretty ugly game, uh, they lost that one four to one. Uh, snapped. They had a two-game 
winning streak going into that game, but that didn't last for long. Then they came home uh, for a Friday night game against Syracuse. Uh, this would be Joel Bouchard's first trip back to Laval and Place Bell as a coach since he exited the Montreal Canadiens organization two years ago. Um, Laval actually put on a, a, a little bit of a clinic. They looked pretty solid in front of a sold-out crowd at Place Bell on Friday night. They won this one 3-2. to two. Um, two big moments uh really for the night arbor jacki doing a tremendous uh job he had two assists on the night and finally got his first ahl fight into the uh into the stat book um and he actually didn't you he didn't want to participate no. he tried to skate away from it but um sean element said nope 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 you're you're gonna dance with me and well Jack, I obliged. Uh, and this was also the season debut and the team debut for new new PTO signed goaltender Casimir Kaskisuo. Uh, this was his uh, first game that he's played since last March. Uh, and he comes out with a big win. Uh, he absolutely looked like the upgrade in the crease that the Laval Rocket need. Uh, he looked like the guy who will help be a bit of a stabilizing force and hopefully Jakob Dobish can can now really kind of um, gain some confidence and get a get some rhythm and take some pressure off of him. Uh, so it was a it was a great outing for for Kaskasuo as well. Uh, in fact, after the game, Arbor Jacki was asked about uh, Kaskasuo's first performance, and this is what he had to say. Yeah, I thought it was, he was unreal tonight. I mean, he came came to our building, came to our team, and he was working hard every day and working hard in practice, staying after hours, and just getting his feet wet and. To go in front of a Montreal crowd, it's a lot of pressure, and especially this building. And I think he stood on his head today, and we we appreciate that from him. Yeah, he was calm. He was calm all night. I mean, I was going up to him, and he's just chilling, leaning on his post. Like he was so calm, and I was like, "All right, man, like you do your thing. I'll, I'll like I'll leave you alone." And yeah, he was he was great tonight for us. <laughs> Best to just leave goaltenders alone yes. when they're in a zone. And and uh, but that's uh, Kaskasuo is a veteran, as we we told you. Um, and it's what Laval has needed, and and to pair with um, you know a young prospect in his rookie season uh, like Dobish, um, a, a good first start. Uh, Jacky seemed to approve, um, and I liked uh, Jacky's quote uh, in that he he seems to be finally buying into the fact that he's part of the Laval Rocket, our team in we, this building, yeah. um, and uh, and playing a bit of a you know, uh, um, call it a veteran role where he went over to uh, to check on his goaltender. Um, I, I thought it was uh, a little bit, uh, certainly uh, a great debut, uh, Laval debut for Kaskasuo, but also um, Jack High kind of um, becoming part of the team and, and accepting his role. Absolutely. Uh, so speaking of Kaskasuo, uh, here's what he had to say about how he's been welcomed by his teammates upon his arrival with the Laval Rocket. Uh, every, everybody's been great. Yeah, it's obviously nerve-wracking coming back, and um, it's been nice to have Hanemann here for uh, from my last two years in Sweden. But, yeah, everybody's been great Maybe uh, and nice to me, so maybe that's because I'm old now. Everybody's nice to me. <laughs> everybody's 30, <laughs> 30 is old, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he referenced Emil Heinemann there. Heinemann, as we mentioned, coming back to Laval. Um, uh, good timing on that because the, t the two, Kaskasuo and Emil Heinemann, were teammates um, in Europe. And in Lexans. In Lexans. Yeah. And uh, so that, that worked out quite nice. But 
Um, yeah, he seemed uh, really chilled with everything yeah. that was going on. <laughs> He's a bit used to the spotlight. He does have, as we mentioned last week, a prominent YouTube channel. So I think uh, I think he certainly doesn't shy away from the camera and he's comfortable speaking and uh, he'll be he'll be a fun character to, to follow here. Something we learned this week from the social media, the both um, Casimir and his wife, Whitney, are very active. Um, that uh, Whitney was really excited uh, about him signing with Lavelle uh, because she revealed that she's been a Montreal Canadiens fan, or it's one of her favorite teams since she was 12 years old. Oh, so, um, and that's fun. and her and and the uh, I think she's five years old. The daughter Fox, mm-hmm. uh, they drove from Minneapolis to Belleville um, earlier in the week, and then uh, were pretty excited to see him um, in Laval. Um, on Friday night. Perfect. Uh, so uh, they will they will finish out that three and three uh, Saturday afternoon uh, with a with a matinee game against the Crunch. Uh, before then, they have almost a week off before they travel to Utica to play uh, the Comets. Uh, uh, next Friday night. Um, so that puts them at 10, 14, 3, and 2 on the season. That's a 431 points percentage. They're trying to inch closer to at least being at 500. Uh, but that still puts them at 28th in the AHL in terms of their points percentage. Uh, so they have a long, still have a long way to go. But a, a win, a win here and there certainly doesn't hurt along the way. Uh, the 12 Revere Lions, uh, they played three games this past week. They dropped, uh, Two of them, one against the Adirondack Thunder, five to two, and one against the Newfoundland Growlers, three to two. That was an overtime game that was played on the 29th. In between there, uh, they had a home game against the Growlers uh, that they did win six to three. So um, managed to get uh, three points because of, because of that overtime uh, win on the 29th, or excuse me, overtime loss on the 29th. So they managed to get three points uh, out of those three games, but uh, they still continue to struggle a bit. Uh, sitting eighth in the Eastern Conference uh, with a 14-14-2-0 record. Uh, speaking of the Growlers, by the way, um, one of their forwards, uh, Todd Skirving, has been suspended for a couple of games and fined an undisclosed amount uh, for an illegal check to the head of Trois-Rivières defenseman Noah Lawan in the game on the 27th. That's the one that Trois-Rivières won at home 6-3. to um, and, and so he's, he's out for two games, uh, as a result of that. But Rick, uh, it was, it was nice to see that, uh, he, uh, obviously feels quite remorseful and, and very, um, very, just very much not feeling very well that, that the hit happened in the first place. Todd's curving, uh, as you said, uh, uh, forward for the uh, Newfoundland Growlers. He's actually their captain, 31 years old. Um, he, he started his career in the NCAA at, at, uh, RIT. Uh, he's played in the ECHL for, for the last few years. He got, uh, one game in the AHL, but 261 games in the ECHL, um, coming from none other than Thunder Bay, Ontario. Whoa. Uh, there's nice people that come from, even though really? he's suspended, there are nice people I've heard, uh, that come from Thunder Bay, Ontario and Todd Skirving, um, I believe is one of them, even though uh, he he um, the, he has been suspended for this illegal check. Luan um, is is young, 22 years old, 22 uh, year old defenseman uh, for Trois Rivières. 
Uh, he played four years in the, in the queue with uh, both the Screaming Eagles and the Islanders. Uh, and um, it, it's his, his first year with Trois-Rivières. Uh, but Todd Skirving um, posted on his um, X account, his Twitter account, uh, an apology. Um, and uh, let, let me just read this. Todd Skirving says, Tonight I will serve game one of a two-game suspension that I received for an illegal check to the head of Noah Luan on Trois-Rivières Lions. This is my first suspension in my 28 years of playing hockey. It has never been my intention intention to make an illegal check or attempt to injure another player. When the opposing player lost momentum forward, I did my best to ensure my elbow stayed down, but my shoulder clipped his head. My stomach sank right after the hit. With the research and information we have these days, head and neck injuries are no joke. I take full responsibility for my actions and will try to be even more aware and cautious in the future. I'm happy to say that Noah will be back in the lineup tonight. I apologize to Noah, the Lions, the Growlers, my teammates, and the fans for letting you all down. Thank you, Todd Skirving, number 15. Well, I think we know why he's the captain of their team. Uh, absolutely. I mean, that, that's as, as sincere of an apology. Like, there's no, I'm sorry, but no. there. That's just accountability and obviously remorse. He's obviously just it feels terrible that it happened. Um, you wish you wish you'd see a little bit more of that these days, um, but that was that's a pretty very, rare thing to see. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a a full, sincere, full throated apology. Yeah. Um. So bad on Todd Skirving for uh, the hit in the first place, but um, making making a a bad situation into a a good situation and a learning moment for other players. Yeah. Uh, and his teammates, I thought it was. Uh, well worth mentioning. Absolutely. And glad that Noah Lawan uh, was okay to play in the next That's game. That's right. Uh, so, of course, as we mentioned uh, at the top of the show, um, Rick is also the site editor for the Hockey News' uh, QMJHL site. That is THN.com slash QMJHL. Uh, one of the articles that you can find there this week is A Year in Review, 2023's Most Memorable Moments. So you'll want to be sure to check that out. Uh, bookmark that if you're interested in keeping up on all things QMJHL. And of course, as I mentioned earlier, bookmark THN.com slash Montreal. That is the Hockey News uh, Montreal team site where our Rocket Sports team provides all the coverage there. Um and uh, you'll want to be sure to book that, bookmark that as well. Um, Rick, you mentioned earlier in the in the segment when we discussed the game against Carolina, uh, how big of a hit that Yuri Slavkovsky took, uh, getting absolutely rocked by Hurricanes forward Stefan Nosin on Thursday night, um, and the crowd and all the fans watching on in their living rooms all reacted pretty big when this hit happened, uh, was deemed a, a clean hit. Um, but it was a big hit and Slavkovsky went down, his head looked to snap back, but there wasn't much reaction from the Canadians players who were on the ice at the time. Uh, Slavkovsky went over to the bench, uh, seemed to be okay, but then he got called into into the dressing room by the NHL spotter. Uh, it was a little bit of a mess, uh, and so there were a lot of people demanding a lot of answers. Um, and Brendan Gallagher really stepped up his leadership abilities, I think, uh, after the game. 
Uh, first talking, first and foremost, uh, just talking in general about Slavkovsky's physical game. I probably got hit a lot more than Slav did growing up, and, and you get used to it, you know. It's, mm -hmm. it's one of those things where, um, you know, obviously he's, he's always been the biggest guy on the ice, and, uh, and now he's, he's going up against, uh, you know, guys that are equal to him and, and physical, and, uh, and, and he's getting used to it. I think he's, he's improved in that area from last year. Um, you know, I think that was a big topic this year. That was probably the first big hit he's taken, uh, and he's bounced back up. He's a tough kid. He, he can take the physicality. He understands that. It's... It's one of those things where he was, you know, he was trying to make a play to help our team win a hockey game, and uh, you never fault a guy for that. And you know, he got on there. I was obviously trying to make a physical play to help them win a hockey game, and then uh, it comes into a, a coin toss and didn't go our way. But I think for Slaff, he's he's a, he's a big, strong guy. He's really understanding how to use his body, and um, you know, he's kind of bringing the physicality to his game and, and imposing it on uh, on other guys this year really well. So I think that. Um... For those fans that are screaming that there should have been uh, more disciplinary action, uh, Brendan Gallagher comes out and gives a very measured response. Mm -hmm. um, he talks about that this is uh, a bit of a learning curve for um, Yuri Slavkovsky. Uh, we remember um, last season um, he was regularly making himself vulnerable, leaving himself exposed. Um, and this is really the first time that it's happened uh, this this season. And 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 yeah, he did leave leave himself exposed. He was uh, leaning forward, um, and it, it you know it, this wasn't a blindside hit. Um, this was an open ice hit. It wasn't you know crushing him into the boards. Um, there there was no elbow involved. Um, it, it was you know Slav had poor body positioning in this. Um, Nason hit him in the chest and kind of drives upwards as you see it. And as Brendan Gallagher said, it was a coin toss. It was, it was 50, 50, you had two players trying to make plays. Um, and, uh, could it have been a penalty? Could it have uh, been a clean hit? It was, as Brendan Gallagher said, a bit of a coin toss there. Uh, and he referenced that, uh, this is part of, of the learning process of, of Slavkovsky in that, He's always been the biggest uh, guy on the ice. He's mm -hmm. run over players. He's never had to worry about anyone else being physical uh, with him. Um, so uh, this is this is something in in uh, adapting to the North American game, adapting to the pro game, um, and it's it was a, a tough lesson for sure. Um, but but one I I don't see Brendan Gallagher, and we we know that. Uh, if if Brandon Gallagher feels that that he <laughs> or his teammates have been wrong, he's not afraid to say so. Mm -hmm. He's not he's not no, hiding he's not. behind worrying about a fine or anything like that. No, he would say it. He would definitely say so. But of course, uh, you know the the journalists who were present pressed on this a bit because there was so much of a brouhaha that a that nobody stepped up in his defense, but then that a penalty wasn't called. Uh, on the hit either and so uh, Gallagher uh, kind of doubled down on the the maturity level when when pressed on how legal he thought the hit was it's a really tough one um, I mean you know we're in the situation obviously we, we wanted the review we asked for it uh, the ref's position was 
they didn't see it as a penalty, so they didn't feel the need to go to the review. And that's, that was a conversation that took place. He felt like um, he felt like the contact was initially on the chest, um, and that you know Slav had kind of almost moved forward and lowered his head and into that position, and, and that was that was their view of it, and that was honestly the conversation. But it's a, it's a really really tough uh, you know play to. You know, when you look at the rule, that's really on the line. You know, it's it's really borderline, so it can go either way. And I think, um, you know, that one didn't go our way. It's, it's just one of those things where we're happy Slaps all right, and um, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll have him tomorrow night. So again, uh, very measured, very much a, a leader. He talks about um, uh, the fact that Marty St. Louis asked for a review by the refs, asked them to look at it um, again, uh, which. You know, a reasonable move. That's 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 reasonable on behalf of the Canadians. Uh, the referees said they didn't need to uh, because, in their eyes, it was a hit to the chest. Uh, and then uh, Slaff had lowered his head, uh, putting himself uh, in a vulnerable position. Um, we saw that Slavkovsky went to the bench and then was pulled off the bench. And and this all happened with uh, about less than six minutes to go in the game. Um, so he missed the last five or six minutes. Um, you said there, there wasn't much, um, you know, pushback from the Canadians. It was Cole Caulfield <laughs> who mild, mild, mildly protested, um, yeah. which, uh, seemed a little, yeah, well, I'm, and, and good for Cole Caulfield, for I guess, Cole but Caulfield, you don't want to see him getting in any kind of fisticuffs either. No. Um, I, I heard a lot of, of, uh, and, and Slavkovsky, I, I think, He's got to be careful, really careful about he he regularly mocks the referees. He regularly um, tries to to go, you know, get a penalty call and complains about it. He's he's got to be a little bit. He's got to mature in that respect mm-hmm. um, as well. But I, I saw fans saying, well, listen, if he was pulled um, by the NHL spotter, then it had to be a hit to he- the head. Um, if you know anything about concussions, uh, they can result from uh, from uh, yeah. It doesn't have to be a hit to the head. It can be uh, a body hit as well. And and I think the reason um, that uh, the NHL spotter pulled him from the bench and sent him to the dark room was because he, Slavkovsky laid on the ice for several seconds um, after the hit. Um, you know, again, whether he was was truly and and let's say that that he was um, truly injured, and I believe that to be the case. But you know, he has this reputation of of trying to milk calls. So um, you know, in that instance, he was ineligible for the the remainder of of the game, and he was upset about that. He wanted to be on the ice. Um, last thing I'll say is I saw a lot of comments about um, why didn't they send Pozzetta? Why you know? perfect opportunity if Jack I was up uh, to send him uh, out and and you know take care of business the Canadians were down by a goal with five minutes left yeah you didn't need that, um, any more nonsense what they needed was was uh, a goal a goal and <laughs> and that's that would have been the best revenge in that situation absolutely and we're gonna talk about uh, we're gonna talk about that a little bit in the second segment as well. Uh, before we get to that, though, just a couple of bits of hockey news and notes from around uh, the league and the hockey world. First up in NHL news, of course, 
New Year's Day means the NHL Winter Classic is back, uh, and this one ought to be interesting. It's the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights facing off outside at T-Mobile Park on New Year's Day, uh, and it looks like it, uh, it's going to be, if we know anything, uh, we know that the Winter Classic is always a bit uh, of, of an entertaining show. So A spectacle. Yeah. 47,000 people or thereabouts for the game. Something like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it should be very good. I imagine a lot of our listeners will be tuning in at least for a little bit. Uh, also, over in the KHL, uh, there's a formal, former NHL goaltender who is back in playing action. Nikolai Habibulin signed with Torpedo Nishni Novgorod of the KHL. Um, Habibulin says, I'm not done. I'm not done. And uh, <laughs> in case you haven't been keeping up, Habibulin... <laughs> Uh, Stanley Cup winner in the NHL. Um, he played, I believe, 17, 18 years in, in the NHL. Uh, we remember him with the Jets. We remember him uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Stanley Cup winner. He, um, in his birthday in January, will turn 51 years old. Um, so this, <laughs> and, and to put him in perspective, uh, he played with Vanilla Cavalier. He played uh-huh. with Marty St. Louis. He yeah. played with Tamo Solani. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, it's That's... one thing for, you know, the Gordy Howes and the Yaramir Yagers, but this is a goaltender we're talking about getting back into uh, high-level play in the KHL at 51 years of age. I'd like to ask him how his knees are doing. <laughs> really? Or if they're just bionic at this point. All right. Well, this is the perfect time to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection. Uh, Don't forget, our question of the week is, what are your New Year's resolutions for the Montreal Canadiens this year? What do you want to see change uh, and for the Canadians to address early in the new year? Let us know your response. Uh, Leave your comments on the Rocket Sports Twitter account or on the Rocket Sports fan page on Facebook. Uh, Because coming up next in our big topic, uh, we are going to hear from a lot of you, a lot of our listeners and viewers who have already made comments uh, about either that question specifically or just general comments of things that you want to see change uh, that have come into us over the last couple of weeks. And boy, there are some good ones. We'll see if you agree with all of them. You're not going to want to miss that. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, it's hockey season once again. And although I love using DraftKings Sportsbook to, I don't know, enhance and make more fun my NFL watching week to week, It's even more fun when you get in on the action with the NHL and DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Whether it's daily fantasy, whether it's uh, same game parlays that you're doing on Sportsbook, or whether you're just placing straight up money line bets, DraftKings Sportsbook makes it fun and easy for you to bet the action on the ice. So download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. Now that's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. 
In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I am Amy Johnson. And hey, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I welcome you and invite you to do so. You can find me at Flyers Rule. Don't let the name fool you. Don't worry. I cover the Montreal Canadiens and their prospects. And of course, with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, the site editor for the Hockey News Montreal, Rick Stevens. And uh, be sure you're following him at well as well. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Rocket Sports. You can also, of course, follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Visit our website at CanadiansConnection.fm. And don't remind, don't forget, just a reminder, if you haven't done so already, take a second to tap subscribe. However, you're currently listening to this podcast. We don't ever want you to miss an episode. If there's one thing, if there's one thing we know, you know, practicing patience was kind of the theme coming into this season. We knew this was going to be a development season. Uh, we knew things were going to take uh, a bit of a slow turn as development was the focus and and not necessarily speeding things along, trying to do this rebuild correct uh, correctly. However, I think because of the way things have transpired over the past six months or so, um, Canadians fans are getting a little bit restless because of how maybe, you know, to put it in one way to put it, just how the rebuild is being deployed, basically. Um, it's just it's been just over two years since Jeff Gordon was hired as the executive VP of Hockey Ops. And over the course of the next uh, little more than a month, both GM Kent Hughes and head coach Marty St. Louis are also going to celebrate their two year anniversaries with the club. Um, that. Over that course of time, Rick, Hughes has been in charge for two NHL drafts, uh, over 20 trades. St. Louis is really no longer a rookie coach. Um, there's a lot that's that's happened. Um, but while we still need to be patient, I think, as, as, as our notes here say, restless is a good word. I think Canadians fans are really starting to say, okay, what, what are we doing? In some areas, when uh, a new regime uh, takes over, um, fans are are you know fans were um, were didn't like uh, Mark Bergevin and and his moves and and were anxious for him to go, and so they're w- willing to embrace a new regime with with uh, Jeff Gordon and Marty St. Louis and Kent Hughes, um, and and I think some of the you know, the shine is starting to wear off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, when you think about it, two years isn't all that long in the scheme of things, When it, especially when um, dealing with a rebuild. 
Um, but I think that we're remembering the offseason or, or just prior to the season, Kent Hughes said, well, listen, we're not ruling out the playoffs uh, this yeah. season. Well, and <laughs> immediately everybody grabbed onto that and the Canadians are making the playoffs. And they've since obviously sprinted away from, from those words. Yeah. Um, and it, to the point where Jeff Gordon was, was, wouldn't even say the word, he was saying the P word. Um, so I, I think that uh, there's lots of, of Canadians fans that understand that this is going to take a long, going to take some time, and they're still preaching patience. But others are 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 disappointed. They're disappointed with specific decisions that have made. They're disappointed with um, the direction. Uh, disappointed with certain aspects of the team. Um, and they have let us know loud and clear <laughs> in um, no uncertain terms what they would do differently. <laughs> so we asked them to send uh, their resolutions. They did. Uh, we've grouped them into some categories. Um, and these are people who want change, want big change and want it now. Absolutely. So keep in mind, as as we said a couple times now, our question of the week for all of you you're going to listen to these things. Maybe you're going to agree with some of them wholeheartedly. Maybe you're going to disagree with some of them vehemently. Maybe you're going to say, oh, okay, I can see that. Uh, and maybe you're going to have some ideas of your own. And that's what we want to hear from all of you this week is what are your New Year's resolutions for the Montreal Canadiens? Uh, we are going to cover five different areas that fans are demanding to see some changes or areas that fans are exceptionally displeased with how things are going and trending. Um, and we're going to start with goaltending. Um, and Rick, I'm going to let you read uh, this comment on goaltending because <laughs> I think this we have one comment related to goaltending. And I think it's all that we needed from from viewers and listeners because it really sums it the whole topic up, I think. Uh, this one was to YouTube uh, and it comes from uh, DJC7907. Uh uh, he or she says, no matter what you do up front, you cannot ever win a Stanley Cup if you do not have a cup goalie, period. Think Patrick Waugh, Ken Dryden, Jacques Plante, Carey Price. There would be no finals in 2022 if there was no Carey Price. Now think of the Penguins, their last cup in 2017. That was Flurry's last year with him, 2017. Think Toronto, and and we think of all their talent, but they have no cup since uh, and no cup goalie since 1967, and they haven't had a cup either. Uh, so they're talking about the Canadians, and and I think it's fair to say that it's a bit of a patchwork. Uh, it, it's a bridge situation until they can develop uh, a goaltender to be a number one. Uh, lots of fanfare about. Uh, Sam Montembeau, lots of promotion from the French media for obvious reasons. Um, but let's be honest. Let's let's as we are here. Let's be realistic. Uh, Sam Montembeau. Uh, we know what Sam Montembeau. He isn't a 22 year old goaltender. Uh, we know what he's going to be. And I think that that we've seen his best. We've seen what he can do uh, best. Um, and he's a pretty average goaltender. Um, Jake Allen once was a number one goaltender. Um, he was a pretty effective, a very effective backup for Carey Price when Carey was uh, carrying the load. Um, Jake Allen uh, can be a solid goaltender, but not carrying the majority of the games. Caden Primo, 
uh, inconsistent. He has some good games, bad games, lots of glove side goals. Um, his his demeanor, um, he he panics. Um, he he's he's still young, but we haven't seen anything that says that he's on track to be a consistent NHL goaltender. The Canadians need somebody who is that. They don't need him right now because they aren't a contender. Uh, so they'll they'll use this patchwork quilt until then. However, this is and this comes this was our representative comment, but mm-hmm. we also heard from people that said end this three goalie um, uh, situation now. Um, somebody's got to be traded, and I think it's fair to say that uh, would would somebody want you know see some glimmer of hope, some promise in Caden Primo, and and maybe uh, think that they can get him cheaply from the Canadians. Um, and want to take a chance on him as a backup? Maybe, but I don't think if you're a playoff-bound team that there's enough there that you're going to say, yes, I want to bring Caden Primo, and I want to keep him I'm, with the the NHL team. You can't send him to uh, uh, the AHL for 30 days, So, and, and they would be subject to waivers anyway. So um, I don't think they're trading for Caden Primo, not trading for Sam Montembeau because uh, he's he's signed with the Canadians. It's going to be Jake Allen, um, and and Jake fits that role um, that 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 you might um, you know he might be very valuable as as you approach a playoff run um, and uh, for for those kinds of teams who are running into problems with goaltending. We mentioned Carolina. Apparently, Carolina has inquired on Jake Allen. New Jersey, Edmonton, uh, they've all uh, made their inquiries. Um, and I know that that there's a lot of real false information out there about um, Jake Allen and his season, always been terrible. Um, Jake Allen is, if you take uh, those goaltenders who have uh, played 10 games or more, and that's so that we're comparing apples to apples, we notice that uh, Charlie Lindgren is having a spectacular season. He's the third best goaltender in terms of uh, save percentage, 928 in the National Hockey League. You have to go quite a bit further uh, to find a Sam Montembeau, who is 24th um, at 907, and just a couple of spots below that, 904, uh, 27th uh, is Jake Allen. Um if you don't like that uh, that statistic, I know people like the goal saved above expected. Um, you'll find that Jake Allen is 36th in the league in goals saved above expected, and that's better uh, than Sam Montembeau, uh, who's a couple places below that at 38th. So yes, um, strip away the the hype. Jake Allen still has value. Still has trade value, and there are teams who are interested in him. Uh, the situation has been described by uh, some of the scouts as uh, those teams with goaltenders, with extra goaltenders, are holding hostage. Um, they're, they're, we remember that goaltenders don't, don't typically um, get, get a huge return uh, in trades, especially in season. Um, maybe a little bit different this year as uh, the GMs who have an extra goaltender are holding them hostage for a, a higher ransom. 
All right, moving on to our next topic uh, of the five that we're going to get through here. Drafting and development is another area that Habs fans are demanding to see some change. Uh, this uh, first, uh, I'm going to I'm going to read the first uh, viewer comment here because this did come from YouTube. This is at Al Colon 1786. He says Bobrov didn't make a good pick in his years with the Rangers. And so far, he's a bum with the Habs. No more first-round Europeans draft North American players. Yeah, this was a common one. Um, Nick Bobroff had a spotted record uh, with the Rangers, and uh, Canadians fans are not happy with his work so far. No. I'll let you take uh, the next one here. This one from Baby, 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 Baby. Also um, on YouTube. Also on YouTube. Um, meanwhile... Uh, Michkov is putting up a point per game in the KHL like it's no big deal. And the Habs have nothing but shrugs to offer fans who've been clamoring for talented forwards for an eternity. Hughes seems like a sensible, level-headed GM, but these draft picks are (laughs) killing me. Um, And that was really well said, um, I thought. Uh, The Canadians obviously um, need some high-end forward, elite forward talent, um, and they passed on the opportunity, whether Michkov or Leonard, um, Dalibor Dvorsky was, is tearing up the OHL. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, there's, there's a real angst amongst Canadians fans that they had an opportunity and passed on it. Uh, yes. And we're going to hear some more here. Uh, also from YouTube at powers 1500 says, Scouting reports had Reinbacher as a mid-first-round pick the whole 2022-23 season. And then at the 2023 entry draft, he's picked fifth overall because Montreal had a serious need for a right defenseman and no one else was available. Time will tell if Reinbacher becomes a genuine first-pairing defenseman, but if not, Hugo might get serious criticism since Michkov and Leonard were still available and would have been a good fit in Montreal. Uh, add to it, and and some of um, the texters mentioned <laughs> the situation in Cloton where the uh, coach was fired, um, mm-hmm. and since the the new coaches come in, uh, that Bullyu uh, and Reinbacker have been dropped uh, from the power play and and down a bit in the the lineup. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of a rough situation, rough development situation in Cloton. Uh, for Reinbacker, and and we remind people that um, who also asked about uh, why isn't uh, Reinbacker at the World Juniors? Um, Austria, who he would have played for, uh, was relegated uh, to the second tier. Um, and yes, he he would have been eligible to play in that second tier, but uh, the talent level uh, it really was it, it. yeah, it wasn't really worth it sending him there. Not at all. So uh, that is the second thing. We have had goaltending, and then we've had drafting and development. We've heard some pretty strong opinions from from fans that they would like those t- two things to be on the Habs uh, 2024 New Year's resolutions list. Uh, in addition to that, lineup and roster decisions. And this is where it really starts to get heated for uh, those restless Canadians fans. Uh, Rick, I'll let you take the first comment uh, from Marcel on Facebook. Marcel on Facebook says, gets laugh off the top line. His best asset is supposed to be size, which he doesn't use. His worst quality is hockey sense. Well, he has none. He's, <laughs> he's dragging Nick and Cole down. Um, that lineup, that uh, top line is still having some, some struggles, uh, especially against uh, 
uh, some of the top talent in in the league. Um, yes, uh, Slavkovsky, uh, you know, wasn't known for his hockey sense coming into the draft. Um, maybe it's an issue. Uh, I, I think he's improved there, and his ability to think the game um, has improved uh, this season. Um, is he dragging Nick and Cole down? Um, that, if you look at the numbers, there's some, there's uh, there's some reason to believe that. Um, but I think that for now, Marty St. Louis is committed to keeping those three together. Uh, scooting back to YouTube, we have at Dan Moore seventy five eighty seven saying Montreal doing what they do best: have no physical players and promote tiny players with no spine and scoring abilities. Tough, uh, <laughs> tough uh, comment. Um, the Canadians are having trouble scoring, um, and you see a player like um, Nick Suzuki who leads the Canadians with ten goals, and that is best is only good for I think eighty eight uh, in the National Hockey League. So uh, yes, elite talent scoring um, is is tough to find. Speaking of elite talent, why don't you take the next one? 1985 Habs fan forever says, find a way to get Cole Caulfield back to goal Caulfield. Last year before his injury, Habs games were exciting because you expected a sniper one-timer from him. Just not happening this season. And we saw the projections of a 40-goal season, a 45-goal season. Um, He's not even close to that. Some blame uh, the nickname. Said he, that's the worst nickname in hockey, Cole Caulfield. It's a jinx. Um, I don't know if that's the case. Cole Caulfield is the the rest of the NHL has figured out Cole Caulfield. They've that's adjusted, right. and Cole Caulfield hasn't made the requisite adjustments back. They've they've learned to cover him very well, particularly on the power play, and additional adjustments need to be made for sure. Uh, Curtis Alt twenty five oh eight, who uh, I will mention uh, has been a, a tremendously active uh, participant in our live watch along streams. Uh, he says, I would agree with giving Ulanen more of an opportunity on a consistent basis further up the lineup. Of course, the most obvious would be to drop Gallagher back to the fourth line. Um, I, I mentioned Ulanen earlier, and um, he gets such minimal ice time. Mm-hmm. Love to see him out there. He's got speed. He's got a great shot. He's excellent on the forecheck. Um, and, you know, he, he does need uh, much more of an opportunity. Uh, Gallagher was, um, uh, he was, he was a common target throughout the comments. He, de- he absolutely was. Um, go ahead and uh, tell us what Jeff from Facebook had to say. Jeff says he's worried. He says, I'm worried about uh, Barron, Justin Barron. He seems to fall down every game and give up the puck. Uh, bring up Jacai or Logan Mayu. Um, I'm, I'm, yes, there's been some growing pains with respect to Justin Barron. I'm not so worried about him. Um, this isn't a season that the Canadians are going to compete. Uh, he has the odd turnover. He has the, um, you know, where, where his, his gap isn't, uh, correct. And, and, uh, you, you might see him beat. Um, but he's also making some very good plays. I like the, the pairing, um, with uh, with Gooley and and maybe there's a future number one pairing there. Uh, offensively, he's been great um, and has six goals. Um, so I'm I'm happy to see him make the occasional mistake, knowing that um, there's there's a real future there. 
Trevor wrote in via our Rocket Sports text line at 5853ROCKET, and he says, Matheson and Savard are the worst first-pairing defensemen in hockey. Trade Savard immediately and drop Mike Matheson to the third pair. Um, he, he, he's got a case, <laughs> the worst first pairing in hockey. He's got a case. I, I can't, I can't criticize him there. Um, yeah, Mike Matheson is a turnover machine. He's soft in his own end. Um, and Savard, um, you know, he, he's been a good mentor. Um, but, and, and we're, we're, we haven't got to the trades portion, but, uh, his, if, if he remains on the Canadians, he's got to be a third pairing defenseman. Absolutely. Um, this next, uh, we had a, we had a small thread within a thread on YouTube, uh, that started with this first comment that I'm going to, I'm going to preface this by saying, uh, we're both going to have to lightly edit for, yeah. um, family friendly listening. <laughs> Our, I will say our viewers on YouTube do not mince words in the comments. They really do not. And I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Uh, so, Rick, why don't you say, so this was the first comment that then led to a couple of others. You go ahead. This is from user Q01JK2K3E. <laughs> uh, they're destroying Arbor Jackeye's confidence. Just put him in the lineup and turn him loose, just like in the beginning. If it ain't broke, don't f- fix it, I guess. Don't mess with it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, to that, then, at Jeanette Dubois 691 says, I guess they want to turn him into a snowflake. This is, again, referring to Arbor Jackeye being sent to Laval. Instead of a leader and a guy who... Uh, so she says, I guess they want to turn him into a snowflake instead of a leader and a guy who wakes his team up with his energy and feistiness and protects the Smurfs on this team. <laughs> All right. Uh, if that was enough, uh, Joe Luna, fifty-three forty-two, says um, that they and whether that's the coaching staff or management like guys like Savard, who is the human <laughs> Zamboni. Uh, it's an effing shame, says Joe. And yes, he, he spends a lot of time trying to block shots, lying on the ice, and uh, I hadn't heard that. Nickname as the human Zamboni, though, before. I'm going to have to use it from now on, Joe Luna. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, our viewer comments on YouTube are great. So that gets us through resolutions from Habs fans that are demanding changes in goaltending, drafting and development, as well as lineup and roster decisions. Speaking of players, though, there's lots of uh, demand for changes in terms of player trades. Uh, we are going to start with at bikes bees ninety three ninety two who says get rid of Gallagher faster the better. Yeah, I, you're not going to find a, a trade partner for for that contract that no. that Brendan Gallagher has. I wish, but um, no. <laughs> there is some value as a leader as we we played earlier. Um, maybe though the time is uh, is is now to limit his ice time and and. Uh, um, you know, put him further down in the lineup. Absolutely. Uh, I believe you have a comment there from Bruce on Facebook. This is Bruce from Facebook says it's going to hurt to put Sean Monahan on the trade market this year, but if he stays healthy, he's going to reap some decent rewards at the deadline. Uh, very true. Um, and uh, Chris Johnston and Pierre Lebrun just put out an article, and Sean Monahan was one of their prime uh, trade a- assets to be traded. Uh, LeBron has, um, uh, Sean Monahan going to the Colorado avalanche potentially. 
Um, Chris Johnston has him going to the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and and both talk about the fact that uh, has a very digestible contract um, and would be very effective uh, on a playoff-bound team in, in their top nine. Arthur, also uh, commenting on Facebook, says, Clock is ticking, Kent. Are you going to wait until everybody's injured before you think about picking up the phone like last year? <laughs> Um, I guess Kent, they're ruthless on Facebook. Uh, they are. Um, uh, Kent uh, Hughes is known as being patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was patient in the Lekkonen trade with Colorado. In the last second, uh, got everything that he wanted, uh, including Justin Barron. Um, and and that worked uh, two years ago. Last year, uh, um, you know, it was a bit of a debacle. Uh, his patience uh, came back to bite him. Um, and, and yes, uh, players were injured and, uh, it was, uh, the, the trade deadline kind of came and, came and went with a fizzle for, for Kent Hughes. So, mm-hmm. um, is, is the time now, the, the difficulty is that you're trading with, with teams who have little cap space and the, the, uh, further it goes into the season, the closer it gets to the trade line deadline, their cap space grows. Um, so it's a, it's a bit difficult, but I take the point here, Arthur. Yeah. Um, you got to get going, uh, because there are injury prone players on that list. And you can't repeat last year. You just, you can't, 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 can't happen. Uh, who do you have next there in terms of, uh, demanding some changes when it comes to player traits? Malcolm Actman. Uh, All right. Says, how about trading Yuri Slavkovsky to Calgary in exchange for Sharon Govich? Oh, I find they're similar, but Sharon Govich is developing faster and could be a big asset asset right now. Mm. Um, also saw in the, in the comments some um, could we can we trade Slav for Logan Cooley? I, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think that's um, happen. But uh, what do you think about this? Uh, it's you know, um, and this is nothing against Slavkovsky, but it's certainly an interesting proposal. Um, I don't I don't know that they would one for one exchange uh, on a trade like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard to tell at this stage because just as he, you know, he says Sharon Govich is developing faster. Well, uh, that may be the case on the surface. Um, but one of, to borrow one of your favorite phrases, development is not linear. So right. uh, who's to say that Sharon Govich doesn't get traded and then he suddenly falls off a cliff for a little while and Slavkovsky does the opposite and picks up his game. It's it's hard to tell. So I, I certainly can understand uh, I can understand the desire there. I can understand the reasoning behind that suggestion. Um, I just think it's too early in both of their NHL careers to make that decision quite yet. Um, speaking of trades, uh, at Roland Bisson 7025 says, I would trade Caulfield for a first round draft pick and possibly a second round. Well, um, there's lots of trade, uh, trade, uh, suggestions. Uh, I also saw, um, the fact that somebody said Edmonton needs a defenseman. So how about trading Caden Gooley for Leon Dreisaitl? <laughs> um, I, like, no. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Yaroslav Kosky isn't going anywhere. Cole Caulfield isn't going anywhere. No. And Caden Gooley isn't going anywhere. The management has invested in these players. Yeah. And uh, whatever the 
it's not going to be one of these players who is who is traded. Well, speaking of trade proposals, uh, you've got one from Royce on Facebook. Royce says 100% got to trade Monaghan. He's injury prone. Can't be holding on to a player like him when we aren't a contender. He'll fetch a first. Uh, possible uh, to fetch a first. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of interest in Monaghan. And I see there's... You know, folks are saying, yeah, but he's he's, you know, such a nice guy and he fits in and he's good and and he's a good mentor. And, and his contract, well, his contract this year uh, was was a bit of a discount for Montreal because mm-hmm. he liked playing here. Um, it's not going to be the same as he continues to age. He's going to be 31 uh, years old uh, next time. And and he's going to want to win. Um, his contract demands are going to be greater uh, there's going to be more interest. Um, I don't. I think I agree with Royce. You can't hold on to him um, at this point when the Canadians aren't aren't close to being a contender. Absolutely. Uh, and Francois on Facebook says, "I thought this was supposed to be a rebuild. Get rid of the dead wood. Dvorak, Anderson, Gallagher, Armia, Savard. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I, I'll at least get rid of two of those, and I'd be happy. Yeah. I'd, I. We've talked a little earlier. Gallagher's is a tough uh, trade. Mm-hmm. Armia is probably a tough, tough trade. There, there's probably mild interest. We've heard that there's mild interest in Dvorak. Uh, Josh Anderson, uh, that ship has sailed. That's not going to happen. I don't believe that's going to happen. A ton of interest in Josh Anderson at the last trade deadline. Mm-hmm. It was a mistake. Kent Hughes should have done that. Uh, Savard, absolutely. Um, trade soon. Um, and you've... You've got to clear up that log jam uh, in um, for with all the defensemen. Hudson's coming at the end of the year. Lots of people want Jack Eye up. Uh, do you want to see Mayu in the, in the lineup? Um, we've got to start clearing the log jam. So yes, uh, trade Savard soon. And and you wouldn't even need a separate Zamboni crew apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that brings us to the fifth resolution that so many Habs fans are clamoring about, and really. Uh, this is regard in regards to the GM and the coaching staff. And what was the tipping point for this? Sending Arbor Jacki to Laval has absolutely sent a shockwave and a ripple effect through the fan base. And there's a lot of vitriol about it, particularly aimed at the coaching staff. Um, and we, this is probably the subject that we heard the most emotional responses about. Um, Rick, why don't you get us started with, with the first comment that we had from, from YouTube? Uh, we have two comments from JJ Evans, 1693. Um, he starts, and this, as you said, with respect to Arbor Jacki, BS, Arbor is our best overall defenseman. He should have been getting first pairing minutes instead of third. Same reason Slaff got hurt last year. Didn't play enough. Bad coaching. Get a real coach, please. No cheerleaders. Um, He goes on, Marty St. Louis must go. This is the worst coaching staff in the history of the Montreal Canadiens. Yikes. Uh, Strong words. Uh, Well, and that continues on YouTube with Atmarantz997 saying, MSL and management is one big pathetic joke. Big pathetic joke all in uh, capitalized, like a formal name as well, I should mention. Uh, this this is a bit of a departure from the the fire the the coach and GM because of Arbor Jacki to 
um, and this is is Peter on Facebook says, I likely speak for every every Montreal Canadiens fan in all caps, fire Alex <laughs> Burroughs. Yes, please. <laughs> uh, I, I think he speaks for, if not all, the majority yes. of, of Montreal Canadiens fans. And it's, yes, the power play has been a problem. Alex Burroughs tied to the power play up until... Um, a few months ago, uh, when Marty St. Louis took over the power play. Now, what in the world is is Alex Burroughs doing? Well, he's writing down things on the board, uh, mm-hmm. you know, near the end of the games. Um, Alex Burroughs had no experience when he came, no coaching experience, that is. Uh, he, if we talk about developmental paths, there doesn't seem to be any there. Um, I, I think this is um, this is justified from Abs- Habs fans. Absolutely. Uh, back to YouTube, Paul Willette6934 says, MSL lost all respect from my part, and I've watched MSL playing all of his career. It's pretty sad on his part. This is, again, in reaction to Arbor Jacki being sent to Laval. Got another one with respect to Arbor. Uh, they all want Arbor Jacki returned, returned as soon as possible. Uh, Joe Luna5342 said, Arbor said it. I'll read between the lines. The Habs play slow. Marty St. Louis needs to go. Uh, they're they're unwatchable at least half the game, every game. Okay, that's some some pretty strong things there. Uh, we have Roger Butch Bouchard eighty nineteen says Arbor definitely does not deserve this treatment from the Habs. I had my fill of them. <laughs> it's been as we said there. Some of them are, are not even to their second anniversary with the team no. yet. Um, and Kent Hughes has a five-year contract. Uh, Butch Bouchard, or Roger Butch, Butch Bouchard, uh, that's a Canadian's name. Uh, he's had enough. Absolutely. So who do you have? Uh, actually, it's back to uh, the J.J. Evans was very outspoken. He has one more comment for you. Fire whose ever idea it was to put Jacki in Laval. Fire the coaching staff. Wow. Um, and this is, as I said, this move, sending Jack Eye to Laval, whether it's the correct move or not, and maybe it is, that we're not casting any judgment on the actual decision to send Jack Eye to Laval. We're I ma- will. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and send the letters, <laughs> send your texts, send your emails. Um, I think it was absolutely the right decision. Arbor was struggling at the beginning of this season. Um, his injury aside, he was struggling in the games that he played. He was struggling in the defensive zone. He was taking, uh, Marty St. Louis was really upset with him and the bad penalties that he was taking. Um, and the Canadians, you know, they're, they're the, the defensive core has improved. Um, and so I think this is for the sake of Arbor Jacki to send him down, not to rehab from his injury, but to learn how to be a better defenseman how to be that extra seventh defenseman um, and, and, and learn in, in the AHL. And, and I, I haven't liked seeing him. I don't know what message he was given about not um, getting involved physically. Um, you know, even, even hitting, he's been, he hasn't um, been himself. Uh, but maybe that will come once, once he starts getting a handle on playing good defense, setting good gaps, all those kinds of things. Um, I don't, you know, there's lots of other reasons to criticize, uh, Kent Hughes and Marty St. Louis for my money and, and send all the hate my way. Um, I think this was a good move sending him there. Absolutely. Uh, can 
certainly certainly can support that. Uh, and he'll be back. I, and I, I, I'm welcoming him back after he um, he has a, a, a time to improve his game. Um, w- but just illustrating that regardless of whether or not this was the right decision or the wrong decision, this was probably the decision that the Canadians have made in the last two years that has really set the fan base on a, on a tear against the coaching staff. Absolutely right. Um, Marty St. Louis has had a bit of a love story from the Canadians fan base up till now. This move has turned a sign has really ticked off a lot of people. And we can hear that in some of these comments. Uh, so there you have it. The, the the five areas that are on Habs demand list for for things they'd like to see the Canadians address as New Year's resolution in 2024: goaltending, drafting and development, lineup and roster decisions, player trades, and the GM and the coaching staff. Gee, it sounds like they're in a rebuild. <laughs> it sounds are. like they're in a rebuild. Thank you so much to everyone who has been submitting comments so regularly. As I said, this past month in particular, we have gotten a slew of comments, and we love that. And we love being able to share them with everyone else because not everyone is on every platform, and so you don't necessarily get to see all of those comments. Don't forget... Our question of the week for you is we want to hear your opinion on this. Maybe you agree or disagree with some comments that you heard from fellow fans uh, in that segment. Or maybe you have some ideas of your own about what resolutions you'd like the Habs to address early in the new year. So be sure to drop us a text at 585-3ROCKET or leave us a comment on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. And uh, we'll be really happy to hear what more of our listeners and viewers have to say. We are going to take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Up next, uh, we've got uh, everything that you need to know for the coming week and maybe a couple of things that you might have missed. You're not going to want to miss that segment, so stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. 
For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to THN.com slash Montreal. Your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's THN.com slash Montreal. And welcome back to episode 276 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Uh, don't forget to follow our podcast on Twitter at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Visit our website at canadiansconnection.fm. And in case you need to hear it one more time, be sure to text us anytime on the Rocket Sports text line. That is 5853-ROCKET. Uh, what do you need to know from the Rocket Sports team this week? Well, you there's lots that you might have missed. It was a holiday week, so of course, uh, plenty of people had plenty of obligations and commitments. And so maybe you missed some of your favorite uh, content that you usually like to catch up on from our team. We're going to make sure that that... Uh, you don't miss any of that right now. Uh, don't forget, of course, we cover the Montreal Canadiens for the Hockey News. You can find our content at THN.com slash Montreal. It's all of your Canadiens coverage in one single place, covering the NHL, the AHL, the ECHL, and uh, prospects all over the world. Also, uh, be sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's YouTube.com slash all Habs, or just search at all Habs on YouTube to find the Rocket Sports Media YouTube channel. Um, you just heard in the last segment, the comment section on all of our videos is a pretty active place, and it's <laughs> a pretty fun. pretty fun place. Uh, so you'll want to get in on that action. Uh, we had some great things happening this past week. Uh, the last, uh, the most recent Habs Hockey Report show that I host usually every Thursday. This one came out on Friday called Three Things the Habs Need to Focus On. Uh, you definitely want to check that one out. Uh, Rocket Hockey Report is my weekly show that comes out on Tuesdays, uh, giving you all of the X's and O's, uh, recapping how the Laval Rocket have performed in the last week. Uh, this week it's called Sean Farrell Makes a Statement in First Game Back from Injury, and that he absolutely did, so you'll want to check that out. Um, this podcast, the Canadians Connection podcast, maybe you are actually listening to this podcast on YouTube right now, because not only does this podcast come out on all of the popular podcast player apps every Saturday, uh, it is then also published as a, um, as a video on YouTube every Monday. And so uh, you also can choose to to listen to the podcast there. The the most recent one, the video there is called Jaden Struble Beast Mode, which prospects could follow him. Uh, it's uh, it's been a good week. Struble's been great. Struble's and been fantastic. Had his first NHL fight. Uh, yeah, and uh, he's filled in nicely. Absolutely. Uh, if you have. Uh, we, we talked about how one of our commenters in the last segment is one of our active uh, viewers and interactive viewers on our live game watch-alongs, uh, which we've done two of those in December. Um, we've got another one coming up. Uh, we've, uh, we're, of course, we'll have one coming in January. It's going to be when the Habs visit the Philadelphia Flyers on January 10th, uh, Rick, and it's, uh, it's a Wednesday night tilt. And Michael and Nathan will be live streaming 
While they watch, they'll give play-by-play, analysis, and lots of interaction in the viewer chat. Turn the sound down on your broadcast, tune into YouTube, and and, uh, listen to them and participate. It's the best way to watch a Montreal Canadiens game with other Canadiens fans. That's right. Uh, and, and with fans of other teams as well, a lot of times we get fans from the opposing team who, who watch along as well. And um, it's a very welcoming environment and it's really fun to get to hear their perspective on, on things as well. So uh, we also invite uh, Flyers fans to, to watch along in that one as well. Be sure you've subscribed to the premier Rocket Sports Radio podcast. That would be this one, Canadians Connection, on your favorite podcast app. You can also do it by going to canadiansconnection.fm. We are your inside link to the Montreal Canadiens, and so we'd never want you to miss an episode of the show. Um, Rick, we said it at the top of the show. It's the last Canadians Connection of 2023. Well, we want to wish a very happy new year to um, all of Everyone who consumes our content, whether they're visitors to the website, whether they listen to a podcast, whether they're viewers of our YouTube uh, videos, um, you've all been very loyal uh, to us over the years. We've been doing this for 15 years now uh, at Rocket Sports. Uh, We made a big change uh, earlier in the spring. Uh, moving from an independent, well, we're still independent, but we we, we entered into some partnerships. Uh, we've had the Hockey Podcast Network, who have been great partners for the past four years. And we added a new partnership this um, year, and that was with the Hockey News. We provide all the content uh, for all the Quebec teams, whether it be the Montreal Canadiens, Laval, Trois-Rivières, uh, the QMJHL, um, and uh, it's it's been great, and we're glad that you've you've followed us there, or some of you have recently found us, um, and uh, we're we're very appreciative of that. Lots of new content on on YouTube. That channel is growing, and I thank you, uh, Amy, for spearheading all of that. Uh, our live streams are new. Um, we're doing incredible things, and we have incredible. Um, talent on the staff uh, a shout out to all of them mm-hmm. um and again to our our uh, loyal viewers and listeners absolutely we uh we do this for you every week and so we appreciate uh all of your interaction with us it just makes it even more fun coming up this week don't forget as well we do want to hear from you about the question of the week what are your new year's resolutions for the canadians uh and then coming up this week it's a busy schedule actually uh Mm -hmm. it was a light schedule this past week well they're making up for it this week of course saturday night uh montreal will be visiting the florida panthers for uh, a primetime tilt against them then they uh it's you know it's the florida New Year's swing, uh, very next night, New Year's Eve, uh, another primetime game, this time against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Not a terrible place to spend New Year's Eve in mm. South Florida. It's really not. Uh, then on January 2nd, Montreal finishes up this lengthy road trip with a visit to the Dallas Stars uh, before they come home to welcome the Buffalo Sabres to the Bell Center on January 4th. Uh, Our next episode of the Canadians Connection podcast will be next Saturday, January 6th. Michael Spinella will be back from his holiday extravaganzas. And so uh, he will be back in the hosting chair with Mr. Rick Stevens. And we thank you for filling in these last uh, two weeks. Uh, You're always welcome here and you've been terrific. Uh, lots of comments, positive comments about your contributions uh, for to the Canadians Connection 
uh, the last couple of podcasts. Thank you very much. It's always a blast uh, coming on. I appreciate you having me. Um, don't forget, uh, our, our New Year's resolution for you, we asked for your resolution for the Habs. Well, our New Year's resolution for you is that you're going to make sure you subscribe to the podcast mm-hmm. and the YouTube channel. <laughs> Absolutely. Do those it doesn't two- cost a thing. It doesn't, and it only takes you a second. So make sure you do those two things. Have a happy and safe and healthy New Year's. We'll see you in 2024, but it's really only seven days away. Thank you so much for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports. Rocket Sports.